What's going on? Charles Botenston here from the YouTube channel. Charles Botenston, I guess. I don't even know what my YouTube channel is called. Probably right around there. All right. So what are we going to be talking about today, folks? What is on my mind? Money, finances, wealth. It's what everyone wants in life, huh? So I'm, this is going to be uh, probably one of the better episodes that I actually record and I highly recommend uh, really paying attention because it's something that I didn't know and they probably don't talk about it in school because the people that are actually talking about it in school are they're not actively doing it you know it's it's like do you talk to Michael Jordan about pay, playing basketball or do you talk to someone that read a book and is teaching basketball no you talk to Michael Jordan about basketball it's like it's you talk to Warren Buffett about money you talk to uh, you know, someone that's in social media like Gary Vaynerchuk, you talk to Aeronaut or Aeronautics, Elon Musk, you know, whatever, or, or actual programming and coding from Zuckerberg. You don't talk to someone that, that read a textbook that is not actively applying it. And this is, you know, just as, as a side note, one of the issues with schooling is that people read a textbook but the textbook is written by people that has that have never built wealth, have never actually actually worked in a company that was say not all of them. I'm not blanketing everyone, but the far majority because everything I used in school, I'm like I wish I had YouTube. I wish I had podcasts. It's the same thing with the podcast I'm going to talk about today. I wish I had this when I was younger because I literally went through life until 25, probably about 25 thinking that I, that's it, like I, that wealth is for other people, that money is for other people, that, that there is a ceiling, okay? So, and we'll talk about that because one of the most important things, to be honest, is your mindset. And I've talked about it at nauseum on other things, but nothing could be more true than wealth in so many different ways. Number one is self-sabotaging. Number two is actually making more money that you deserve more money, not overspending, saving, investing correctly, things like that. So there, there's, we'll just start first about my story. So then you have an understanding where I'm coming from. Maybe we share examples or whatever. So first, there's, I, I can't actually tell my story without actually bringing up that I am a, well, Catholic, but Christian. So within the Christian religion, unfortunately, they are it having money you know, obviously a wealthy person going through an eye of a needle, then getting into heaven. So, and then obviously the lust of money and things like that. There's so many bad things about it. And the reason being is that most Christians came from Ireland or Italy, where Italy had more money. Um, I came from Ireland and a lot of the Christians within the area are from Ireland and Ireland doesn't have any money. I don't know if you've been there, but Ireland doesn't have that much money. They all the the Irish that came here, they were not only Christian, but they became they weren't actually allowed really many, many of the desk jobs like my grandfather wasn't allowed uh, when he first came here. He wasn't allowed to work anywhere besides really the police department and the FDNY because everything else they said Irish need not apply. And I'm not sitting here as like, oh, poor me. I'm not saying that. It's just that mentality of I'm not good enough. 
goes into your finances. If you don't think you're good enough, you're not gonna try and strive to make more money. And say you strive to make more money, you're gonna self-sabotage yourself. And we'll, do, we'll talk about something called the, the temperature. There's a buying temperature, which is how likely is a prospect to actually buy right now, a buying temperature. But there's also a wealth temperature. How much money are you comfortable making? Because if you're not comfortable making a lot of money, you're never gonna have a lot of money because you're, you feel that you're not worthy. You, you, and all of these principles, the reason I bring it up is because you have to look at yourself. You have to look at the, the if you are around a ton of money, you're used to that. You're used to nice things. You're used to expensive houses and vacations and cars and watches and whatever, which is all external things that you don't need to be happy about. But it's kind of just like, it's like a nice thing to have. That's really what it is. If people, you know, one of the things, listen, Ty Lopez, great guy with the knowledge and, you know, he gives out a ton of material and he's very motivational. But the one thing that I wish he just reined back was giving out the cars and the watches and the money and the cash and, and having the girls around and the be like he, he's selling something that people are, are thinking that that's going to bring them the happiness when in fact it's the the journey of failing falling on your face of self-development of building the wealth that actually is the happiness because this is the thing if i give you a million dollars you'll be happy immediately it's like buying a new phone or shoes or whatever you want whatever you think is valuable i give that to you you have it the law of diminishing returns you then start value, val, actually valuing it less. If I give you a phone, you want the next one six months later. You want a new iPhone next year. That's why Apple is so successful. But it's not just Apple. Apple is very good at marketing, but people just get really bored because of the culture. It's instant gratification. And that's the thing is that building true wealth, true wealth is not instant. It is not instant okay there are cases of it instagram uh not snapchat what's the other one um uh facebook or i think facebook bought it yeah facebook bought it. whatsapp for bought it for 18 billion listen they yes there's cases of it but 99.9999999999 percent you have to build it by compounding the wealth why am I talking about this? Because this is the thing is, if you get into a really good job, or I, like I said before, I give you a million dollars, you're gonna spend all of it and you're back to normal and you, you your mindset is has not changed. You got the money, but your mindset is exactly the same. And this was the problem with me, is that I met, I was a caddy when I was younger. So I'll go back to the, the sort of the beginning. So the Christian religion, you know, listen, it's great because there's a lot of morals and ethics and things about it. And I still practice the morals and the ethics and I should be going to church more, but it, and it has nothing to do with preaching or whatever. It, if you're atheist, if you're agnostic, if you're Jewish, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. However, within the Christian religion, unfortunately, there is a, there's not a real, like look at in New York City, I live in New York City, 18 of the 20 wealthiest real estate people are Jewish because within there, they value money. They value building wealth within their culture, within the religion, within the culture of Christianity. Unfortunately, they say that we should give it away, that we, sh that we shouldn't have it, that we, you know, the poor and the destitute will, uh, you know, I'm trying to quote some biblical phrases. But why am I bringing that up? Because if you grew up in that environment, 
And it doesn't have to be Christianity. It could be someone that says, I hate poor people. Your father, your mother, your spouse, someone that says, I hate the 1%. Well, guess what? You're never going to be wealthy. You will never be wealthy if you hate the 1% because you're never going to be something that you hate. Your, your, your ego, your mind, your capital self, capital S self will never want to become that person because you don't like them. Okay, it's the same thing with a certain industry or business or person or even a political party. Like people are like, oh, I don't want to do business with this political party. That's just absolutely astronomical. I could talk about. But that's the thing is that you have to question your core belief of what you grew up. What was the environment you're around? Because if I tell you what to do, it doesn't matter because the core subconscious has not changed. So you have to go deep, 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 deep deep down there. Okay. So what did I grow up? My dad to this day, even though I tell him every time I'm like, dad, like I just got off the phone with them and love them to death. They, my dad always says, be careful, watch your back, blah, blah, blah. But that was the thing is that he's passing that down from his parents who grew up during the great depression. And my mom's generation who the Irish were not allowed jobs. So in, um, and the example was that he went into, I think, J.P. Morgan Chase, and they said, no, Irish are not. A, I think he actually had to change his last name because it was, it was uh, I think it was Brogue or something like that. The Irish Brogue. So that got passed down to my parents. And then my parents instilled that in, until finally, 25 years old, I said, oh, my gosh, I am under old programming. And then I had to change my subconscious mind. But the problem is it's still... That underlying belief, listen, I love money. I don't have, I love wealthy people as long as you make it morally and, and ethically. I, I've, I love them because it takes a lot of hard work. They give the most amount of money and it's something to aspire to. The thing is with me is that when I started to make a lot of money, I would self-sabotage myself and start spending things. And I see that even to today where I'll, where I'll get a windfall of money and then I'll buy a seminar, go on a uh, buy a ton of books or whatever, which is good. But that's my quote unquote subconscious mind saying you're not worthy of having this amount of money. So I you have to slowly get through that. Okay, that's the first thing is dig deep down as Arnold Schwarzenegger says deep deep down and find out what your upbringing was about what they talked about did they like money did they not like money there's some people that don't like to they, they don't like to save money then my my sister she saves a ton of money that's all she does she saves to the kazoo my brother on the other hand he he really likes n- nice things so he he's actually right in between he saves a lot but he he likes nice things i on the other hand i'm a i'm a spender and I don't, it's good that I admit it because then I could change it and work backwards and say, listen, I got to go to, I got to go to saving and spending because to be honest, I always thought that money bought you happiness, which it doesn't. And it's easy to talk about it, but watch what you do, not what you say or what you think. Okay. So number one is grew up middle-class. Uh, my first cell phone was in college. Uh, my birthday parties weren't over the top. We just, listen, we were a probably, I don't know, like probably middle, middle class, I would say, you know, didn't have over the top things. Money was a concern most of the time. And, you know, I, you know, cable, we didn't have cable growing up because it was, you know, they thought it was unnecessary, the cell phone unnecessary, uh, you know, things like that. 
So just know that and understand that is that you have to know what your childhood was like because you are a replica of that. So moving on, okay? The next question you have to ask is, are you comfortable around money? Are you comfortable around a yacht? Are you comfortable around wealthy people? Are you comfortable at a gala, a ga whatever you want to call it, a gala, gala, wearing a black tie suit, seeing a lot of money, paying $15, $20 for a drink? Are you, what, like, what is your mindset around very expensive things? Do you look up to it? Do you accept it? Do you hate it? Do you not like it? Do you think it's a waste? Do you think it's worthy? You have to know when you're around wealth. Because what I, I used to know is that, or used to think is that it's, here's a perfect example. Where do you go to eat? Where do you go to hang out? Where do you go to drink? Where do you go to buy clothes and things like that? And I'm not saying that the nicer things are, say, better or anything else, but are you comfortable around money? Because if you're not around, if you're not comfortable around money, you're going to give it away. Because you say, subconsciously, I'm not comfortable having this amount of money or being in the stores or the yachts or the, you know, where do you go out? Do you go to the local dive bar? Do you go to a nice high-end place? Do you go to the lounges? Are you fine with a $20 martini as opposed to a $2 PBR? And I'm not talking about because you're in college and below, but in general, what do you like? Me, myself... Me, myself, and Irene. No, me, myself, I was very uncomfortable around money. I, it's not like I didn't like them. I really liked wealthy people. It's just I felt uncomfortable. I felt that I wasn't worthy. I felt that it wasn't, it wasn't good. Uh, or, or not that it wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's that, you know, I put my, I put my identity on, which is such garbage. Your identity is, is, you know, essentially why we have and don't have things, unfortunately, is because of that identity. But what is your identity about money? All right, because you could have a, there's, there's two mindsets around money. One is poor mindset and the other one's a broke mindset, okay? And uh, I'm sorry, the two types of, the two states of money is broke and poor, okay? So if you're in the state of being broke, that means you just don't have any money, okay? There's tons of people Elon Musk, he said he needed to borrow money in 09 because he poured all of his money. He didn't know if he was going to be able to make any, like he had, he had like a week left in business before following bankruptcy. He was broke. That's not poor. Poor means that's a mindset. Broke means you just don't have money right now, but you know how to accumulate it. You know, you hear it all the time. People talk about if I... Um, you know, if I lost everything, I'll be able to make it back because they still have the mindset of how to make the money. And it's the same thing. Is this, you know, there's this whole thing about redistribution of wealth or trickling down effect. The problem is if everyone received a million dollars, slowly but surely, all of the money would be going back to the same people because they provide wealth. So the redistribution of wealth is a myth. Because you can't do that. There's no real moral sound way to redistribute wealth. Because if you really take too much from the poor, you're going to end, or from the rich, I should say. When you take too much from the rich and you give it down to someone that, and I'm not saying someone that really needs it. But the thing is, the redistribution of wealth is really just saying anyone that makes a ton of money, give it to 
anyone else that doesn't make a ton of money. Say someone that makes 50 or 60 or 70,000. Really, the mindset should be around, are you happy? Not around money. Because they say that incrementally, up until $70,000, you incrementally get a little bit happier because you're, you're able to maybe not be stressed out about your next your your next paycheck your next rent check or food or things like that but once you hit seventy thousand dollars in america you literally first of all you are in the one one hundredth percent in the world if you make seventy thousand dollars because most people uh, i think it's two-thirds live on two dollars a day okay so uh, let's just put that in perspective first of all second of all when you make seventy thousand dollars really once you make a little bit more than that All you're doing is getting a little bit nicer of a car, a little bit nicer clothes, a little bit nicer house. So you still have the basic needs. You're just getting a little bit nicer. And they say it flatlines after $70,000 because you already have your basic needs met at $70,000. And if you have two incomes at $70,000, you have $140,000 of money. Like, that's insane, okay? Let's let's put that in perspective, okay? Put that in perspective. I, I wasn't making that kind of money until like 28 or 30. I don't even know um, if I really think about it. So this is the thing is broke, don't have money. Poor is a mindset. That's why you have to look at your mindset. Okay. A millionaire. And we're going to go into deeper. Here we go. And then we'll go into actual actionable items on how to build wealth and things like that. Why am I talking about this? It's the same thing with the foundation. Listen, if I can tell you this is how you shoot a free throw, but if you're out of shape or you party or you do drugs, you're not going to be successful. You're like, okay, great. I know how to shoot a free throw, but you can't run up and down the court. You can't defend. People are going to go around you. You know, it's like invest in this, but if you have no money or you spend all your money or you're not saving your money, it's the same thing. I, I, you need the foundation for wealth. The foundation for wealth is what's my mindset around wealth? What's my mindset around money? How, how did the people in my environment when I was younger, how did they think about money? Did they like money? They did not like money. Who are the people I hang out with now? Are they positive? Are they negative towards wealth? What's your, what's your mindset? That's everything. And I'm going to go into it. Being a millionaire is a mindset. Okay. You know, if I told you that, I don't know, Richard Bronson made a million dollars last year, you'd, he would go crazy. A million dollars. He's like, what? Because his mindset, his his temperature, so we'll go into the temperature right now, is that say you have a temperature of making 40000 or 10000 or 1000 a year or a month or however you want to do it. You have a temperature of what you feel is your ceiling right now. Like my temperature, uh, I don't want to give a number, but I everyone really has a quote-unquote ceiling. They feel that until they actually reach that ceiling, not only reach it, but they stay at that ceiling. So I'll give you an example. When I first started out in the job world, I made $42,000, which was insane amount of money. I was like, I don't deserve this. So I spent all my money and then I became broke. I didn't say poor, I became broke because I still had the mindset of making that amount of money. Then that became my baseline. So then when I started in real estate, my baseline was to make $40,000. So the first year I made 35, you know, pretty close. Then it went to, I think, 39,000. Then the third year I made, I don't know, 43, 45, whatever, you know, right around there. And then it started going up from there. And then I started saying 70, then 100,000. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, that's the thing is that if I make below a certain amount of money, I get really anxious inside. If I make 
above a certain amount, I also get really anxious. So you have to know where your buying temperature is. Okay, not, I'm sorry, not your buying temperature, but your wealth temperature. This is so important because if you go above your, this is what happened. The first time I made $100,000, I bought all this really nice shit. I went on all these great trips and then I became broke. 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 Because my buying te- or my wealth temperature, I keep saying buying temperature, my wealth temperature was not at $100,000 yet. It was still at 70,000. So I spent that 30 grand, except my lifestyle was at thir- uh, was at 30 grand. My lifestyle was at 70 grand. So then I had no money, no savings. I had nothing left over because I spent all the 30,000 and then I, my lifestyle was at 70,000. So then I had no money. So what I had to do was get comfortable with having $100,000 being made. For you, it could be whatever, a million dollars, 500,000, 10 million, 100 million. You know, I think, uh, what's his name? Donald Trump's, what's his name? That's funny. Donald Trump's tax return from what, 2009? I don't know, it got leaked. And he made, 250 million or something ridiculous. You know, his <laughs> his wealth temperature is pretty freaking high regardless of, you know, his you know, political beliefs and everything like that. But if if he made 10 million dollars, he would freak the hell out because his his whole lifestyle of of having a jet and all that other garbage or good things, you know. See, that's the thing is, I said garbage. I shouldn't say garbage because then I look down on those things like having a jet, which is one of the things I do want to have because it saves me time. Like the watches and the the vacations, I don't really care about that. But to be honest, things that buy my time back, like having someone clean my house so I don't have to or someone that schedules my day and so I don't have to, like those things buy back my time. Going on a really expensive vacation or buying a $15,000, $20,000 watch or, or a really nice car, or whatever, I don't really care about that. Like maybe I will one day, but I have no desire. I live in New York City. I just, getting a driver is way better than taking the subway, which I do now. You know, I city bike through the streets because it gets me to my destination faster than a subway because the subway, you wait, and sometimes, obviously. So watch what you say around wealth. You may not agree with political beliefs of people. However, the wealth side is really what you should pay attention to. So um, my wealth temperature, see what your wealth temperature is. My wealth, I had to, so that's the thing is that once I made it, I had to be comfortable at making $100,000 and maintaining that wealth temperature. All right, moving on. So how do you actually fix your uh, money problems? You know, I had money problems for quite some time because I didn't know that I needed a different mindset. I would make whatever amount of money and then I would spend everything. You know, I was a caddy for seven years. I started at age 12 in a caddy. You go out to a golf course and, and, and we made, I remember the first time that someone gave me the full amount. I was, I was probably 13 years old and I did a badass job. And I was doing a badass job the whole time, but the thing is, I, w- I wore a white penny. So the white penny was that you're brand new. If you w- a penny is like a little shirt that you wear, and it kind of just dictates how much you should get paid. So a white penny was was you made forty bucks around. A blue penny was you made sixty, and a green penny was that you made eighty bucks. And that was really it was really how good you are. And you, trust me, there was really bad caddies, and then there's really good caddies. So it's it's really based on how much. Um, how good you are. So I was brand new and I deserved the white penny. I deserved the $40. But this is the thing. I remember it. 
Someone gave me $80. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, that's insane. Someone just gave me $80. I'm 13 years old, $80 cash. I've never seen that kind of money. And I remember I like spent all of it immediately. But this is the funny thing is I then expected 80 I my value went up because someone paid me for my value. I didn't that was this is the opposite is that you should feel you're valuable and get paid accordingly. What happened was I got paid accordingly and because I got paid accordingly, I then felt I was valuable. Very different there. Very different. If you feel your services are worth a lot of money, you will be paid accordingly because you'll go over the top you'll be provide way better way better customer service a better product a better uh, experience but the thing is you can't charge a lot of money if you don't provide the value so that was the thing is i my mindset was around a white penny a brand new uh caddy making forty dollars around instead of eighty dollars but once that eighty dollars came in i said you know what i deserve this and then my whole mindset changed and i went to my boss and he said no you can't go from white to green you have to go from white to blue so i then went to a blue penny and i remember just like i i felt it felt like i was not being valued correctly correctly in a blue penny because I'm standing there, I'm like, I got 80 bucks, I'm providing $80 worth of service, yet I'm getting paid 60 because I have this stupid blue penny on and people see your value. It's a very big concept. I actually forgot about that until now. And like, really good learning, very good learning, especially if you're in a service industry or products for that matter. So number one is you need to plan how to make money. If you have no plan, Listen, I talk about goals all the time, and I know this is a very long podcast, but I cannot tell you how important a plan is because otherwise it's like you're, you stick a ship out in the ocean and, and they're like, okay, take me wherever. I don't really care. They're like, so do you want to go to, say back in the day, 1700 or 1300s, and you're Magellan or Columbus or, or, T, or Cortez or whoever, and what you stuck your boat in the ocean they had a destination they said we want to go to india to get spices we want to go to south america to get wealth or we want to go to a, we want to find a better way around africa go down cape horn it was like they had a destination no one would give you the, the actual pioneer they would never give columbus they would never fund his trip unless he had a destination it's the same thing that's an amazing example, is that no one is gonna fund your project, your service, your company. No one's gonna give you money unless there was an actual destination for you to bring them on. Real estate, someone pays me money to make sure that I bring them to a destination, which is sell my apartment, find me apartment, rent out my apartment, manage my apartment, build my apartment. Whatever the case is, there is a destination. So you, you feel people should pay you, you don't know what for, but people should just pay you, okay? Do you know what we call that? Entitlement. Do you know what Charles really hates? Entitlement. No one, you are not entitled to anything. I don't care. You're entitled to what, say, the Constitution provides you, and that's it. Everything else, you are not entitled to. Look at the rest of the world, okay? Number one is entitlement means that you start, you, you, you become stagnant. When I, when I started becoming, and that's what happens in all businesses. There's a lot of businesses out there. They feel they're entitled to business because of their name. But another company comes along, say BPI, which is the company I own, 
Bowdoin's the Properties International, I come along and I say, here's the service we're going to provide you. And they say, wow, okay, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's we'll, we'll, we'll take that, we'll take that. So the company that was entitled to it didn't work for it. I worked for it, I got it. And then the other company says, you know what, that's crazy. Look at all the companies that fail. They got Nokia. Nokia owned like a 90 or like an 85% market share, cell phone market share, like something ridiculous. And then it started going down. It, it, I don't know if it was that high, maybe whatever. But they sold millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of phones every single year. They got lost and then they went out of business. Netflix took over Blockbuster. Amazon took over Best Buy, uh, you know, Circuit City, all those companies because they didn't they didn't believe that people would actually look at Barnes and Noble. You know, it's like it's the same thing. Audible is just exploding now. Podcasts are exploding because that's where people are. That's why I started the podcast. Number one is that it feels good to not be on camera and just spill my mind. And it's a longer form of actually giving directions. So if you're stagnant, it means you're entitled. You have to shove your ego away and then say, listen, I'm not entitled to anyone's business. I had a client that ended up working with someone else literally last week. I thought I was entitled to their business because we recently did a transaction. That's my fault. That's not the client. That's my fault. That's not the client. That was me being stagnant. All right. So do not be entitled. Being entitled means money should just come to you. That means that that you don't have a plan. Okay, what does the plan entail? Let's go a little bit further into this. And you know, I'll start um, wrapping this up because I have no idea how much time I've been talking. But number one is the plan has to be a, there's really, you know, I could talk about business and whatever, but we'll talk about two aspects. Number one is active lead generation, okay? The plan must include how am I gonna get leads? Okay, that leads could be, uh, say you work for someone, how am I going to actively provide them with value? Okay. How am I going to actively provide my employer? When I was a caddy, how did I actively provide the golfers with value? What did I do? I was fun. I was enthusiastic. I worked my ass off. I ran around in hot July summers and in New York and there was no shade and it was insane. It was like literally, it's like it's one of the hardest jobs. Uh, listen, I understand I'm not saying it's dangerous. I'm saying it's one of the, the grueling jobs of a young person while all my other friends were like working in movie theaters, air conditioned movie theaters and just ate garbage food. And, you know, they didn't get paid as much. However, totally different. So number one is what is the value you're giving? So within value, it's if, if you're actually if you own your own business, I'll talk to the two people. Number one is if you own your own business, you have to have an active lead generating platform. That actively generating platform is not to sit back and passively market. It means to actually reach out to people. Go to my, uh, I just did an amazing CRM. Well, I think it's amazing. I did a, a whole thing about a CRM. So if you go to uh, BPIU, BPIU is the company owned BPIU University. Uh, if you go to BPIU or you go to Bones of Properties International, I did a whole podcast about CRMs customer relationship manager, you need to have an active lead generation within there. Number two is you have to have a, that's active, okay? Then you have to have a passive. The passive is marketing. Show success stories. Show what, uh, show 
value, give value. You know, if you're, you're in real estate, you give market updates, market statistics, you provide them with big, beautiful homes, new developments, new buildings, uh, new ways to save money, new tax things. And obviously say, I'm not an accountant or whatever. You have to provide the passive customer service. That's kind of just like the sprinkling on the active generating cake. If you want to say it that way. Number two is there's no, there's, there's no way to say this outside of you have to work hard. You have to work hard. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about being uh, a hustler. You know, you, you have to work hard. If you're not working hard, if you're not working in the beginning super hard to make your name if you own your own business, or if you're not working super hard to make your name in the business or in the industry or in the company, then you're not going to be paid accordingly. That's one of the biggest things that I hate. You know, anyone that says just because I've been in the just because I've been here for 10 years. Great. You've been here for 10 years, but you suck or you have no that's that's in real estate. It's the same thing. People, they assume because they've been in the industry for 20, 25 years that people will continuously work with them. It's like, no, you have to call people. You have to put yourself out there. You have to get new clients because your clients that you work with don't live in New York or they are in a home already and they are not moving. They're not selling. They're not buying. So guess what? You have to reach out and ask them for referrals or you have to get people that are actively in the industry or actively looking to buy or sell. That's real estate. So number one is you have to work hard. You have to take action. You know, uh, that's part of the working hard. Number three is you have to have a goal. All right. Goals are one of the most important things. You know, I, I said have a plan. So the plan is what am I going to do? Goals are where am I going? What is the what is the end result for today, this week, this month, this quarter, this year, 10 years? I have a 20, I think 20 or 25 year plan. And one of the biggest things is what am I going to do? You know, where am I going? And then you reverse engineer. I just did one of those where you could look back uh, one of the podcasts uh, where I actively talk about that, Um, you know, actively working backwards from a plan. Last thing is a budget. Okay. And then we'll talk about building. And I know this is a very long podcast, but uh, I hope it's there's a couple of things in here that you really take away. You have to budget your money. The problem with me in the beginning was I didn't budget my money. I had no idea how much money was going out. I had no idea how much money was coming in. Started my own business, BPI. I had no idea what was going in, what was going out. It took me two years into the business. We're turning three. It took me until last year to be like, okay, I got to get an accounting software because we're, we're expanding. We're bringing in more money. We're bringing in more business. We might hire a full-time videographer or content person and like if we don't know what we're doing, then, you know, no one will work with us or we can't grow because we don't know where we're at. So you have to budget your money. I use zero, which is X E R O. Uh, I think I pay, I don't know, 15 bucks or 20 bucks a month. Super easy. You know, it just does the, the basic accounting. Obviously that's all you have to know because then you'll have to, then you'll track those stupid purchases on a Friday evening when you're bored and then you buy something you don't need like I just bought a I'm looking at it a uh, iPhone stabilizer is like $215 and I was going to bring it because I do Facebook live that's a stupid purchase because I went to my videographer he's like yeah I got one we'll just use that I said perfect so I'm going to return this back to Amazon and say I got another uh, better price somewhere else which I actually did see at a, at a video store 
uh, uh, not video store, but a camera store called B&H in New York City. I don't know if you've heard of it, but okay. So um, one of the biggest things, so we'll talk about books, okay? And I know uh, books to read. Number one is, or two books is Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And then his second one, which it was kind of like a rehash of the first one, but he's really talking about right now that something's going to happen in the future and da da da. So number one is you have to know that's an amazing book. Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. If you haven't read it, I think I have a book review up somewhere on my YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel and check it out. And it's it's essentially the... So why did I talk about everything before? Because if you have no money, it's the reason you don't have any money or the reason you don't have money... There, Okay, let me start that over. There is a reason you don't have money. The same reason... The same reason I didn't have money was because I wasn't either providing enough value, I was spending too much, I wasn't saving anything, I had no idea what was going in and coming out within my bank account. Uh, number five is that I didn't feel I was worth it, so I'd overspend. I, you know, there's so many things, okay? So now we finally have money, okay? Or we start building wealth, okay? There's two types of, three types really, actually. Number one is, well, two types, and then within two types of money. Number one is active. Two is passive. Active is you work for it. P, uh, passive is where it just comes in. So active is I work a certain amount of hours and I get paid for a certain amount of money. Okay. I work at a job. They pay me for those hours. Real estate. It's transactional. Transactional means once I'm done with the transaction, I get paid on the transaction and that's it. There's no residual income. Okay. Residual income means that which is in passive. Passive means you don't actively work for it. And I'll get deeper into that in a second. So passive means that you own real estate and money just comes in, okay? Because you own real estate and you rent it out, that's passive income. Someone lives there and they pay rent and that comes to you. You're not actively selling them something every single month or you're not actively going to that. A hotel is sort of active and sort of passive because Every single night, you hope that it's rented out, okay? Which you have to go out and get the business and keep the business, which is active, okay? Passive, the true nature of passive. So there's a couple of jobs, you know, commercial real estate where they do a deal and they, over those, that 10-year deal, every single year, they get a check. Or royalties, that's a great example, is that royalties, you do a movie and then you do royalties. That's how Jack Nicholson is so wealthy. He took only royalties. That's all he took was royalties. So he's still making all those, uh, what's the guy from Star Wars? You know, all those smart actors who took, so that's the thing is you can either make $50 million up front or $100 million over 30 years. So all the smart actors, they took residual royalties. And I think there's now a combination of both, but which is smart because then that's going to make the, the actor actually work harder. So, First is active. Active then goes to passive because you build up, you, you actively have to make money. You can't passively make money without, you, you actually have to have money to passively make money or have worked actively to make passive money. All right, I might have confused you a little bit, but you actively work, you save it, and then here's the thing. You have to go into passive income because there, there's so much active income that you can make before you, it goes into passive income. So passive income, you need to start having your income or your money making money. It's known as compounding. 
your money has to compound because within passive income, if, if you are just continuously renting out your apartment, you need to take that money and then buy other apartment buildings. Then when you have other apartment buildings, you have someone that manages it. So now you're not even managing it. Okay. Now you're just getting a check from that manager and you kind of just check in every once in a while. That my friends is the ultimate is when you're not even managing stuff, whether it's hotels or rental properties or anything or your money, you're not actively managing your money and your money's just making more money. Okay. So that's real true wealth right there. And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, I feel that Ty Lopez is really lacking. He's not, he's not talking about how to build true wealth. He's talking about how to make money immediately upfront and then spend it on really expensive cars. He's not a real good guy to listen to. Gary Vaynerchuk is a very good guy because he's worth, I don't know, upwards of 300, 400, 500 million, whatever he's worth, yet he's still walking around the streets. You know, he's still out there actively talking to people building, 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 building. And he knows the wealth is going to come because the wealth is already, he, he now has an 800 person company and those people are making him more and more money. That's he's actively going out and getting business, but the passive passivity of that is really building his wealth. And then he's obviously invested in companies and there that's, that's passive and everything else. Okay. We'll end on this. All right. Because I know it's a long podcast. If you focus on what you don't have, it will drain you. If you focus on what you do have, it will drive you. If you focus on what you don't have, it will drain you. If you focus on what you have, it will drive you. Okay. That is what I could really, truly, if you focus on, I don't have money. I don't have watches. I don't have followers. I don't have subscribers. I don't have blah, blah, blah. BPIU, Bones of Properties International, the company I own. I have 10 subscribers. I love those 10 subscribers and I'm, and I'm still actively producing content on 10 subscribers for the uh, podcast. If I compared myself to, I don't know, Lewis Howe's school of greatness who has, I don't know, whatever, or Gary Vaynerchuk, like, yeah, then I would feel bad, but I'm not actively thinking about that. I know that that potentially is a goal or it is a goal, but I don't, I think of it what drives me is what I'm focused on, on what I have. I have 10 subscribers. I have people listening to it. So focus on what you don't have and it will drain you. Focus on what you do have and it will drive you. And I'll just leave you with the, the laws of wealth. The other one, obviously talking about laws of wealth, which is thinking grow rich, have to read that, have to read that, must because they talk a lot deeper onto a lot of different subjects, taking action. They even go into your sex drive. Your sex drive, if you have a low sex drive, you have a low testosterone or, um, what's the other one? Testosterone and uh, estrogen. You know, if you look at people that are the most aggressive people, they have the most amount of money because they have a high sex drive. And he talks about that in the book. And the reason being is that they're more willing to fail or they're willing to take risks. They're willing to do things that other people, they're, they're more willing to be courageous because it's actually an innate hormonal body thing that actually drives them. So we'll just go over the laws of wealth real quick, which is control your spending. You have to control your spending. You could, if you don't control your spending, you have no money to save. If you have no money to save, you have nothing to buy that's going to give you passive income. And if you have no passive income, you're going to actively work until you die. And that sucks. Okay. So 
number one is control your spending. Number two is earn the right to invest. You have to earn the right to invest. Okay, those are the laws of wealth. According to Charles Bodenston, there's tons out there. Read Tony Robbins book and obviously thinking grow rich, but go over that those three things, those last three things. I'll just go over the drive. If you focus on what you have, it will drive you. If you focus on what you don't have, it will drain you and the laws of wealth control your spending. Number one, you have to know what's going in and out, which is have a budget. Number two is you earn the right to invest. You're not entitled to it. You have to give value, whether that's in a job or anything else, you have to earn it actively. Then you save it and then you, you invest it. And then that investment builds wealth and then it compounds and then it's passive. And then you literally are working because you want to and not because you have to. That's the goal of wealth. All right. So have an awesome day. Love you all. I know that was a lot longer. You know, like what's the time on that? I don't even know. Like my battery is ready to run out. 45 minutes. All right. Awesome. Well, subscribe, uh, share it, leave your comments. Let me know what you want to talk about. Really, really appreciate all of you guys and uh, have an awesome day. Talk to you soon.